0: Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of My a podcast. Um, I'm Jada and I'm here with
1: Aiden Ange.
0: And we're a music group that perform together. I play flute, Aiden plays cello and Ange plays violin. And today we're here with the king of podcasts himself. Mr. Hewitt, do you want to introduce yourself?
2: Hi, my name is Mashal St. Patrick Hewitt and I am an assistant head teacher at Sedge Hill Academy. King of podcasts, It's the first time anyone's <laughs> ever called me the king of podcasts but I'll take that title, big up the music group. Big up and big, big up Jada and big up Aiden for having me on today.
0: Okay, thank you so much. Um, what are your thoughts on our studio? What do you think about it?
2: The thing is, so you called me king of podcasts, so and my studio is just me with a mic. So I'm really, really <laughs> impressed. This is this is a really good setup, and um, hopefully, for those of you listening, it comes across really clean.
0: Okay. Um, what were your initial thoughts on the podcast when we asked you about it? Did you have any concerns or anything?
2: No, because to, to be honest, I'm really glad that you've you've chosen to do it. I think podcasting is the way the world communicates, along with like social media in general. And I think it's probably in an ideal world, every school would have a podcast run by the run by the students, um, playing in cafeterias. Y- you'd have students learning how to do it uh, much earlier on. When, when, when you three and the rest of the student body are like fully fledged adults, like this experience will stand you in good stead should you ever want to like pursue it in the future. So brilliant idea um, and uh, happy to help you get it off the ground.
0: Thank you so much for helping us. Um, we're going to ask you a few questions now, if that's OK. Um, please just respond as fully as you can.
1: What kind of music do you listen to? Is there a reasoning,
2: e.g. culture or childhood? Um, so if you'd asked me that question 20 years ago, I would have said that I listened to rock, emo, punk rock. Um, the pictures of me from 20 years ago would be like me with like piercings, baggy trousers, silver chains, all of that kind of stuff, rocking out at gigs. Um, I'm I've mellowed out somewhat, but um. <laughs> my cho- do you know what my choice of music now is just anything that I hear, which I just like the melody, or I, j- I just and that could be anything from believe it or not drill to 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 trap to rap to country to to rock um, to pop. Um, like in my in my year twelve media class the other day, I was playing them um, uh, Carly Rae Jefferson, call me maybe, and I was telling them that that's one of the best pop songs I've ever heard. Hey, I just met you, so here's my number, so call me maybe. What a pop song, anyway. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, okay, and ask the next question. Um.
1: So, have you ever, like, played an instrument um, when you were younger in school?
0: Yeah, in year
2: seven and eight, I learned the guitar. I wasn't very good at it, to be honest. I always wanted to be, like, you know how, like, some people grew up and like, I'm going to be a football player. I was like, I want to be a rock star. Um, mm-hmm. So I learned guitar. Um, and all I can remember from it is that I knew how to play Sleeves. I don't know if you know Greensleeves. Um, it's like this really like old, oldie English type song. But um, uh, yeah, I, I was rubbish. I got grade one and then just tapped out. Like I realized that I didn't have like the skill set to remember where all the different chords were and all the notes and chords, etc.
1: So you said you wanted to be, like, a rock star. So who inspired you, like, growing up?
2: What, to to like rock music? Yeah. Probably my friends, the people I hung around with. Um, I went to school in a place called Orpington, which is just on the outskirts of Bromley going towards Kent. And I think the friends I had at the time, they were all into that type of music. So I just, you kind of follow your friends, you know, I got into that type of music. But there was no one really, like, there was no famous person or family member who was like, oh, I'm into this. Uh, my dad always played music to me, though. Like, I always remember lots of, like, long car journeys with him playing um, music. So, like, you you three probably don't know of her, but someone called Tracy Chapman, um, he would play. So music was integral in our family. My mum and dad both sing. So I think that's probably why I liked music so much. Um,
0: we heard that you lived abroad in China. Can you tell us more about that? Like, why you ended up there? Like, what it was like, et cetera?
2: Yeah, so um, <laughs> I'm uh, <laughs> I think, I think people would say I'm very eccentric, um, and um, yeah. About when was this? This is about this is about ten years ago now. Uh, so ten years ago, I just fancied a change in life, and um, I wanted to visit a new country. I've been fortunate enough to, obviously, I was born in Jamaica. I've lived in Jamaica both as a youngster and as a teenager. Um, and I just got to that stage of living in, in, in Britain where I was like, I want to live somewhere else. I just want to experience it. And an opportunity came up at my last school to do like a teacher exchange. So where the school that I went to sent a teacher over to my school and I went over to China as the swap. And so I lived out there for about four, four five months. And it was amazing. Apps. I, so I, if somebody said to me tomorrow, do you want to go to China? I'd go again. Um, and anybody who's listened to this is worth going to China at some point in your life just because it's so different. It's delightful. Like, I can't even put it into words. Like the culture is different. The, the, the kind of everything from what you do when you first wake up in the morning to um, how you eat, what you eat, what you do for fun, um, being out, everything was just different. And it was a massive, massive, initially culture shock but then a really pleasant experience of how people on the other side of the world can live completely different lives to, to how what what how we might think is the norm um, in the UK, etc. Um, sometimes I look back and go, I wish I'd stayed longer, um, but I definitely need to go back out there and visit again.
0: Um, what was your biggest culture shock living in China? Was there anything significantly different to here, like?
2: nothing that I can say on this. <laughs> okay. So, do you know what? Let me, let, let me keep it clean. And um, the one thing I did notice, this is a clean version. There's, okay. Anybody who wants to know about anything else, find me at a different point. But um, one of the things I noticed, which was amazing, every morning, if I wasn't working, like I'd go out to one of the local parks and all of the older generation not all, but a lot, would be in the parks, like, doing um, exercise. But, like, the only way I can describe it, I'm sure there's a word for it, so apologies for my ignorance for those who are listening, but it was, like, doing, like, kung fu Fu moves, um, but as exercise. I feel like it's called something that I can't remember the name of, but we're talking about people who are all, like, 70 and older just doing exercises in the morning in the park, and I thought that was amazing, and it made me reflect on kind of, like... How I just get up in the morning, eat some cornflakes and just drink some coffee and go to work. And I was like, yeah, like this is probably a better way of living your life by getting out and about. Did you keep up any of the same things or the same routines that you did in China here? When I got back? Yeah. Hmm. I think for the first year when I came back, I was far more chilled out in terms of less stressed and I didn't. I think I didn't let things bother me as much. Now, whether that's a direct correl- uh, a direct correlation to living in China and coming back, I don't know. But I certainly remember coming back and feeling like, yeah, I'm far more relaxed um, about life. Um, but I think in terms of day-to-day practices, you can only really operate within the culture you operate within. So even if I did, <laughs> 10 more years of living in the UK has probably um, kind of made, me, made that go away now. I remember still how to count to six that's that's about that that's all i've got left (laughs) so yeah okay
0: um what kind of kid was you in school did you have anything that like shaped you into what you were today like any experiences how would you describe yourself in 10 years prior
2: uh i think i was funny um I need to ask all my friends. So my, all my best friends are still people from secondary school. So I just I just need, I'm going to send them a message and say, what was I like in school? But I think they'd all say that I was hilarious. Um, so I think I was funny. Um, I think certainly in year seven and year eight, I was a bit of a fool um, as well in terms of, I wouldn't say I was naughty per se, but I talked a lot. Um, and that got me in a lot of trouble because um, I was just always just, cracking jokes um and then year nine i kind of um my dad patterned me up and um and he basically said you're you're at school to actually get an education and you need to focus on education and and he gave me the look the look that said i'm not playing anymore and i from year nine through to year 11 i basically was i was still funny but i was like i was a bit of like i cared about what grades i got I guess is what I would say. Um, so, so, yeah, I worked hard, to be fair, um, and tried to academically succeed. And, I, and and when I did A-levels as well, it was the same, 16 to 18. I actually cared and worked hard. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm i going to call myself a funny, I was a geek, but I was funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Being a geek's a cool thing. People don't even realize.
1: Yeah, so um, like you said, a lot of people would say that you have like a personality, but how would you describe your um teaching style, uh, and like who influenced and how's it influenced?
2: That's a good question, actually. Um, teacher, okay. So my teaching style, I think, is. So I think right. I think I'm. I think I'm firm, but fair. That's what how I think I would describe my teaching style. Because if people watch me in the classroom, they, and if they came in at certain points of any lesson I teach and they heard like some of the ways I, quote-unquote, encourage people to work, I think they'd say, wow, I can't believe this, the students let you just say that. Not that I'm saying anything crazy, but just like... I don't know, I might say, you're lazy. And people might be like, wow, you're just saying that to the kids. But it's true. If I say to someone they're lazy, it's because they're lazy, right? But I say it in a way where the child or student knows that it's because I want the best for them. I'm not trying to, like, um, demean them and destroy their life or anything like that. I'm just trying to say, come on, man, like, let's do better than this. But I'm just going to tell you the truth at the same time. So I call that firm but fair. Um, and I think most, I think most students would say, yeah, that's about accurate. In terms of teaching style, though, I like to, um, I like to make any lesson that I teach some kind of engaging story. Now, that story might be that I have to relate it to something that's going on in the present day. Obviously, I teach a subject where that's quite easy to do—that history. Um, but I, I, I like to relate things to what's going on in the world today and how. How is this particular story relatable? I try to find ways of making the lesson relatable to the young person's life today so they can understand why we're learning what we're learning and what it's kind of, how it fits in kind of, not just history, but how it fits in why we are where we are. Today That doesn't work for every lesson, but I think that's probably the the, the, the way and style in which I, I teach. In terms of who influenced me, I think the biggest influence, he'll never listen to this episode because I don't know how he'll reach his ears. But in my very first school, um, there was a guy in my first school, goes by the name of Die Jones. Um, he won, I think in 2005, maybe 2006, he won Teacher of the Year. There was an award called Teacher of the Year and he won it. And when I saw this guy teach, I was like, he was like six. Um, sorry if you listen to this guy. Um, he may have been 50 or I don't know. Anyways, so I looked at him teach. I was like, you are brilliant. You are absolutely brilliant at what you do. There is nobody who could go into that guy's lesson and not be like absolutely transfixed by how he was teaching. Not that it was about him, but just how he taught. And I always just said to myself, if I'm even half the teacher that this guy is, I'm going to be pretty good. Um, so I, I think slyly, I modelled some of my style of him.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Also, you're the head of Sixth Form, right? So, mm-hmm. um, in 10 words, could you say why people should join Sedge Hill?
2: Why they should join Sedge Hill Sixth <laughs> yeah. Form? Yeah, yeah. Every single person in this room should join Sedge Hill Sixth Form. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. But for the wider school, why should you join, join Sedge Hill Sixth Form? I think if you've been at Sedge Hill since year seven through to year 11, I think you realistically have to step back take all emotion out of the situation and say to yourself, has this school done right by me? Right, And I'm talking purely, let's focus on academics. And what I mean by that is, have people gone above and beyond to ensure that I can get the best grades I can get? Whether I liked them or not, whether they got on my nerves or not, were they trying to get the best possible grades for me? And I think that... Every student, if they were hand on their heart, even if they hate school, would be like, You know what? They just wanted me to do well. Now, not every student realizes that at the time. Some only, some for the for some students, it only the penny only drops like two years later, three years later. If I see them in Lewisham Market, or whatever, they're like, So, you know what? You were right when you were saying. Da-da-da-da-da. So, my thing is, if a student steps back, hand on their heart, said your student, they would say, this school actually tr- really, like, does whatever they can to help me succeed, then why would you leave? And I think the only reason people would leave is because everybody convinces themselves, oh, the grass must be greener, life's more exciting if you go somewhere else. And I get it. I get it. That's life. Um, but there's something to be said for the solid and the reliable. And I think said your, sedule academy is solid it is reliable and you can guarantee that teachers will help you get the very best grades you can get and the sixth form that's where the sixth form comes in do you want to get the the a levels or b text that helps you get to your, the, the the next stage of life whether that be apprenticeship whether that be university whether that be the world of work do you want people that you can rely on to say sir can you can you bust this reference for me because I want to do X, Y, Z? Yes. So that's why you should say it. Sure. Mm-hmm.
1: How was that for a sales pitch? A lot more than 10 words. All <laughs> <you're> right. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, so we have some post-it notes that some students wrote for you. Um, on top of the piano are some ones that we want you to read. So well, can, one, yeah. can you please open them first? There's some funny ones which we picked out for you specifically. Read it so to the, out, read yeah, out, yeah, read it onto the mic. Uh,
2: right, so this one says, he's really funny. What does YK mean?
0: You no. know. All oh, right. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> he's, really, he's really funny,
2: you know. His jokes don't bang. <laughs> but, but that's what makes it funny. I uh, Do you know what? I agree with that. I agree with that. But can I just say, that's the point. The jokes aren't supposed to bang. They're supposed to be so, my jokes are supposed to be so absurd. But the 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 student is supposed to think, what on earth type of joke was that? That's what yeah, that's what whoever wrote that, yeah, I agree with you to be fair. Am I reading the next one? Yeah. yeah. All right. um.
0: This said the name of who wrote it as well.
2: Alright, I'm not sure I'm not reading the student's name. I can't. <laughs> Am I reading the student's name? You I'm not reading what... the student's name, I'll just read oh, what he said. So the student said, A good teacher, give me a grade six. Uh, <laughs> well. My friend. My friend. Please I beg. I can only give you a grade six if you give me some grade six work. But I'll help you still though. If you're willing to come to master classes, I will help you get that grade six.
0: Okay, so now you're gonna pick out a random one. These are everyone's that they wrote, teachers and students. How many am I picking? Um as many as you want. Yeah. Okay,
2: okay so I'm doing this. I don't know if people are watching on the visuals. You can hear it though. I'm doing it like the FA Cup the <laughs> FA Cup draw. Um right, okay. Um so this one says, I hope you vetted these.
0: We did. Don't worry.
2: To Mr. Hewitt, thank you so much for all you have done to help us and thank you for being your pure, honest self with everyone. You give off such good vibes and are my favorite teacher. Thank you very much to whoever wrote that. I try my best. Uh, keep going? Yep. I've got two there. Uh, here we go. <laughs> what? <laughs> this. This oh right okay this one says fairly gentlemanlike <laughs> okay <laughs> thank you thank you very much thank you very much to the honourable uh, person who wrote that particular um, statement there this one says funny yeah cheers um, am I still going
0: you can take out probably like three more
2: okay three more noble. <laughs> noble gentleman thank you very much (laughs) like a knight (laughs) Uh, okay final two Uh, take one first time I've ever seen people call me a gentleman and noble but I'm taking I'm going to introduce myself as that going forward Um, right so talkative yep for sure I love I love um, I love an assembly Um, (laughs) yeah Uh, good relationships with students yep I agree with that and the last one I've got here says funny smart goofy do you know what that's probably the best (laughs) no no didn't say no didn't even say smart I just read that myself it it says funny strict and goofy and do you know what I think all of those are apt I think all of those are apt if you said describe me I'd say yeah funny strict and goofy yeah I think so
0: okay do you have any advice for us as new podcasters
2: do you know what, as a, as a first episode, you've done really well. Because I think the hardest Thank thing you. to do with any podcast is how do you keep the conversation going? Um, what if the guest... now you're, you're lucky as me. What, what, if the guest, <laughs> what, if, what if the guest doesn't naturally just vibe and uh, keep the convo naturally going? But you three have done well. I think your questions have been engaging enough to develop a conversation. So keep the style Keep the style. It can be hard when there's three different people, but you've, you've meshed it well. Um, keep the style. Keep the format. That's my other advice. Don't deviate from the format, because when you build up an audience, they're expecting a certain reliable format. And what you've got with this kind of pilot initial episode is a format that works, particularly when you're interviewing teachers, because that can be difficult, you know. Like, mm-hmm. you, you you know us in a certain way, and now you're asking to know us in a different way in a different kind of way so yeah well done respect it um and, and i think andrew's checking to see keep that format as well Ange. just get up randomly in the middle of it yeah, yeah. <laughs> just get up randomly in the middle of it without telling anyone what you're doing but, yeah, no, so seriously. <laughs> but seriously well done and um yeah keep it going so l- last question are there any plans to merge podcasts soon or be guest on your podcast so when you say merge, I say mine with yours, or my own way. What do you mean by that? Like, as you have two podcasts, yeah. right? Oh, will I be merging my two, like, um, w- with ours? Oh, okay. <laughs> do you know what? I've never interviewed on my podcast anybody, any certainly no student. Um, but let's see what we can make work. Let's see what we can make work. I have to think of how it would work. Um, let, I'll get to the drawing board and I'll come back to you on that. Um. Yeah let let me see what i can make work but um yeah i never say never for sure
0: okay do you have any final words before we end the podcast
2: big up the podcast big up aiden big up jada big up ange like share subscribe <laughs> 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 and I'm to, you know what i gonna let me look at the camera like share subscribe whatever is below <laughs> and uh, yeah yeah make sure you keep listening people can get Cody to like edit a subscribe button. Yeah, on yeah, yeah, YouTube. put that subscribe button in, but thank you so much for having thank me on. Cody. Big respect.
0: Thank you so much.